Hi and welcome to another episode of the Community Fabric podcast where we bring the networking community to the table to talk about the things that matter to them the most in their day to day. I'm Darren Forwell, your host for today's recording, where we're going to dig into a topic that's very familiar and keeps giving and giving and giving. I'm joined by someone who's come into many people's consciousness recently as a member of the awesome Art of Network Engineering team. AJ, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, yes, I am AJ Murray at No Blinky Blinky, and I am the creator and co-host of the Art of Network Engineering podcast. Thank you so much, Darren, for having me. This is really exciting. It's an absolute pleasure, my friend. I've been dying to talk to you for ages, so uh, um, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Now, we were talking the other day about a topic for today's conversation, and it struck us that while there are loads of places to find out more about that legendary topic of network automation, um, there's not that many places where we're really looking at the bigger picture, understanding how the impact, I suppose, that that's having on, on people's day-to-day, and whether or not we're doing it, and why we're doing it, and all those kinds of good things, right? So I thought that we could start digging around in that a little bit, if, you've, uh, if you're up for that. Absolutely. Awesome. So, I mean, you're in a really interesting position where you're having conversations with dozens of, of network engineers day in, day out. What do you feel is the general feeling, I suppose, amongst them about network automation um, in their day to day? Yeah, certainly. So if anybody uh, you know isn't aware, I am a post-sales senior network engineer for uh, a large uh, partner. And so I, I take the solution that a pre-sales architect has designed and spec'd out with the customer, and I do the implementation. And so you're right. I talk to network engineers all the time. And one of my favorite things to ask them is, where are they in their network automation journey? And, and so I, I think that my view or perspective of this might be a little bit skewed, right? Because the customers are hiring us to come in and augment their staff, help them out with a project. And, you know, we're, we're filling a skills gap that they may or may not have. Right. So I, I think that most people or most organizations in that position aren't doing network engineer or uh, aren't doing network automation. At least that's that's what I'm seeing. Right. Like and, and I get a whole gambit of excuses. I don't have time to learn that. Uh, we're not that big, uh, you know, and, and then the list goes on and on and on. And, on. and so I, I think there's this common misconception, right, that only large organizations are doing network automation. I mean, network automation is, is for any size network. It's not always about scale. It's about you know, dependently, confidently uh, applying those configuration changes every single time. And I guess um, complexity is the is the thing that, that where it really comes into its own, right? I'm trying to manage and control that that complexity because you're not just uh, it's it's not just I need to make I need to push some config to a thing, but it, it's about saying, oh, actually, I've got a whole bunch of things that I need to do in order to deliver a capability. And so it's 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 there where it really starts to pay off, I guess. You're adding a new service or, or whatever, and you got to touch the firewall, the switches, the core, this, that, and the other thing, all at the same time. Yeah, right, right. I mean, we you, you start to get into the realms of workflow and, and orchestration, then I guess. But and this is, I guess, the point I was I was trying. Well, one of the points I was trying to get to here was that the what we you know we we were all being educated to 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 look at network automation but the the things that we've looked at so far have been very much one dimensional it's been a case of oh i need to change a vlan on a, a load of switches or i need to push a particular ntp configuration to a bunch of routers and it's and it's a very like i say it's one task really just done over and over and over again consistently templated whatever 
you know, we're, we're trying to do a lot more than that, I guess. Yeah, that, that, that's been a lot of the, the examples, right? Like anybody who's learning is going to see the example of adding a VLAN to a switch or pushing out configuration. And, and honestly, like how many times are you adding a VLAN? I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, how many times do you need to change your NTP server? Just that's it's not it's it's a great it's a great demo. It's not a great, uh, you know, use case. And, and I guess that's that's the problem right there, isn't it? It's then saying, well, actually, what is it that you do as a network engineer a thousand times? And how do you get that consistency and whatever built into that that process? And I guess so. So as a consultant, then working into other other organisations, as part of the delivery that you do and or, or that, that your teams do, do, do you use automation yourselves in in that process? Yes. So I have a number of tools that I have you know developed and used that my, myself. They're simple Python scripts to do testing, so that I don't have to sit there and keep typing traceroute IP, traceroute IP. You know, <laughs> so I can give uh, you know the little script a, a list of IP addresses that the customer has provided to me of you know endpoints in their network, uh, and then I could just let it do the testing, and it works great, right? It's it's simple, it's consistent, it's it's easy to do. It's it, and it takes away the work that I have to sit there. I just have to watch the results come in rather than type the same commands over and over and over again. Um, and then, of course, there's a whole bunch of tools that Presidio uses. Um, I, I won't give that away. That's kind of Presidio <laughs> information. Um, but, but then also, I, I, I like to use Ansible myself. Uh, so if I'm doing a large deployment for uh, a customer, I'll work with them and we'll create a standardized you know, gold template, right? The standard template that we're going to use. And I turn that into a Jinja template, and then I can insert the variables for the building, the IDF closet, whatever the case is. And then I can consistently create these new switch configurations and then apply them to the switches as we're doing the deployment. So that's an interesting. So you're basically giving people... Um the the scoop i suppose on on how you do it so that they can maintain and continue to do it themselves once you've deployed and walked away absolutely and i i've had those conversations with customers like you know here's what i'm doing if you're interested i can show you how to do that you know i i have a demo that i do using ansible and i i really like ansible because it has a low barrier to entry right like it's free you don't need to know coding to understand it. If you're a network engineer and you know your configuration commands, you can get started pretty easily. So, um, and it's just full of these these helpful tools and things. So I, I have a bunch of different demos that I do with like switches and routers just to kind of show them the power behind network automation. Like, well, I've seen a little bit on it, but I don't know if there's something in there for me. Like, well, let me show you. That's cool. So, so as part of your day-to-day, you're using it to, to demonstrate the capability of it. So that you people again, it's an education piece, then, right? Of of trying to get people to see the value. Exactly, exactly, and and hopefully, you know, definitely in, in some cases, uh, customers have asked like, well, where can I go to learn more? Um, you know, and um, I I can point them in in various directions depending on what their their real interest is in, right? So, um, I, I've seen a lot of customers use out of the box tools, which is great. Yeah. Um, but sometimes that's only good for, you know, fulfilling one or two different things for them. Um, and then, you know, sometimes they, they set it up to check the box, right? Like <laughs> I did that thing, so I'm compliant. <laughs> they're not really, that's it. or, or, or I can put it on my CV. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're, they're not really using the tool to like its fullest extent or what it was actually meant to do. So this is an interesting point. So you're, if you're having those conversations and you're helping them understand more about it, how, what do you talk? about in terms of the value of automation what what does it bring the network engineer in their day-to-day do you think 
Um, for for me, it's that consistency, right? The the dependent repeatability. I don't. It's it kind of takes out the human error. That being said, if there's error in your scripts, that human error is going to be applied all over the place. So test, 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 test. Uh, but you know, like making any sort of network modification, if you've got to do it to a bunch of, of network devices, you can do it consistently. And um, I, I think that's really when management is talking about network automation, they're not talking about network automation to replace network engineers. It's that dependability. You know, when we push out a change, we want to make sure we're pushing out the right change. We're eliminating the human error and we're not going to cause additional work for the team by making this one, one change. Right. That's interesting. So you've talked there about obviously the network engineer themselves and then the, 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 the management at the layer above, I suppose, to say, you know, we can trust that we're getting a, a, uh, an outcome that's delivered and tested, as you said, test, 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 right? Automate the testing as well as the, the actual process of making the change, I guess, in order to, to be sure that you've got that consistency. Now, one of the problems that when I'm talking to people about is then how you educate the layer above uh, that in order to get the resource that you might need or the the um you know the, the the tooling or whatever it takes the 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 time right to to for people to go and learn this stuff do you have any thoughts on on that at all or that that is i think probably one of the biggest barriers that i have seen talking to to my customers right is like i that i do find the case where i see the value i want to learn it but i'm not given the time i have too much other things going on um, you know, literally like it's just the, the, the higher up you go, the less they, you know, are informed about it and don't give the time to the people that need to have it. And yeah, the, the, the time is the killer, isn't it? That's, that's the one because as, as I guess, and one of the problems I've always found is, is that as a, as a network engineer, um, I spend way too much of my own time. Um, learning and whatever I've always done that you can see the the Cisco press books behind me on the on the uh, the bookshelf here it's just an example of of those things that you've always done so now automation has come along people are doing the same right they're using their own time their own energy to do that whereas I think you're right I think I think there's there's enough of an operational benefit when it's when it's well understood that we should be using our time as part of the our day-to-day in order to develop those skills, but also then to look at how those skills can be deployed into the into the operational ecosystem that we're, we're operating, I suppose, with, within our organisation. And one of the areas that, that I've seen a lot of take up on is, is not just in the actual automation of the process, so the things that we've talked about, about making change or whatever, but being able then to take information about the network and use it in other places, right? Being able to, I don't know, um, things like ServiceNow or things like um, monitoring systems or whatever, taking that data. Have you seen any any interesting use cases around that sort of stuff or, or those sorts of processes? Um, I, I mean, I've seen interesting automation around, you know, like detection of a potential issue, using the, these analytics and then some automatic remediation because of a, a, a common known problem. Like, well, that interface is starting to act up so we can just, you know, shut, no, shut it and things will hopefully be happy again. <laughs> right. So, so using tooling, I suppose, and interacting with 
the actual devices themselves in order to to, to uh, create a a more interesting and useful workflow than just pushing a VLAN over a hundred switches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes a makes a great deal of sense. And so I guess I mean what this is leading to then is ultimately a completely different way of operating our networks. Yeah. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, the network's not going away. I, I know everybody's, you know, talking about cloud and, you know, there's still a network and we still got to get there. And, and so, yeah, it, the network's not going away, it's, but it's, it's definitely changing and how we manage it and operate it is, is has to change with it. Yeah, well, and, and you, you mentioned cloud, of course, that the cloud, cloud, I guess, in some ways has, has started all this right for us, because without the consumption of, of cloud over API, we probably could have done a bit long, gone a bit longer without uh, <laughs> without automating stuff, right? Right, right. Thank you, cloud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got to be good for something, um, I guess. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's obviously inevitably going to be a part of of everything we do going forward. And and but it's interesting to see how how much is coming back from cloud and and going back to an on prem kind of scenario, right? And I suppose that's why then we need to make our on-prem infrastructure look more cloud-like by automating. Yeah, yeah. The the more the more the on-prem mimics the cloud, the easier it is to shift workloads back and forth. So, so here's a here's another question. I suppose um, from from that cloud perspective, I suppose cl- cloud is it's inevitable that that cloud is going to be more part of our existence um, than it than it has been, but but not completely replacing everything do you see that take up of cloud and that understanding of cloud in in network folk more generally Ooh, that's a good question that that is a fantastic question and and i would say that from my audience of people that i i work with the the customers that i work with usually if the organization is adopting cloud it's somebody else's problem or task Right. I, I work with the network engineers. They are the network engineers. There's there's a cloud architect or a cloud engineer in the organization and, and the network engineer maybe is only aware of the handoff between the two. Which is which is an interesting problem in itself, isn't it? I suppose that that there's enough networking going on up in the cloud. On on multiple levels, I suppose, but but ultimately, you know, as you say, the interaction with what's going on on prem becomes really important to understand. I, I guess what I'm getting at here is that we we always used to have this problem, and I'm I'm a, I'm a network old guy. What can I say? We always had this this problem when when people started first creating data centers instead of we used to call them server rooms back in the day, but uh, everything got upgraded and and was much more fancy. When that started happening. Um, we ended up with specialists. We had people who would specialize in the data center environments and whatever. And and you'd start to get disconnects between the people who looked after campus or the people who looked after WAN and the people who looked after the data center. And it feels like they that, that kind of silo mentality has almost been a, another adopted again for cloud. And so you have gaps, don't you, between them. And, and whether that's knowledge or skills gaps or just general understanding, I suppose. Um, so I suppose something like automation with workflows and stuff gives us an opportunity to start at least 
papering over those cracks, if you like, bringing bringing some of that information together or, or spreading the knowledge. I think that's one of the things I see, and and you'll see this a lot, I'm sure, with the audience of the from the podcast of of the people who are doing cloud certs and whatever to try and understand more of um, those kinds of environments. I I think that is kind of a normal like evolution of of that position right like you know a long time ago it was just the it guy right or the it girl or whoever right uh and and so now now we have like uh an it infrastructure person an it applications person uh, and then a network engineer so we're still in the early days of cloud so now we just have the cloud architect or the cloud engineer and eventually i think we're going to see a cloud infrastructure or more server focused type person and then we'll have a cloud network engineer as well so i I think we'll start to see that i think uh i find it fascinating i mean i i worked my previous role i was working for a a reseller in the uk who progressed through the whole cisco gold partner and all the rest of it eventually to to looking after cloud migration and it's and you're in a situation there where you're taking what was once upon a time someone's shiny data center and t- trying to move all the services to the cloud and be able to manage and maintain that. And the biggest problem that we found at the time was the connectivity, it was people understanding what the connectivity requirements were between <laughs> moving things to the cloud and then being able to bring that, that, that connectivity back home into the on-prem environment in order to bring, create what we're now calling hybrids, right? Hybrid cloud. Um, but I suppose things like um, the aviatrixes of this world and the and and SD WAN environments and stuff are going to kind of again <laughs> more cracks that need to be papered over. But but it's um, you know how how do you fix the problem? Just build tunnels, right? AJ, listen, really appreciated your insight um, in this conversation. Um, clearly, something that's top of mind in in many of our. Um, uh, many of the people we speak to day to day, certainly I do, and I'm sure you as well, uh, much needed that, that people know where to go, I guess, to, to, to sort of find out more and, and have these conversations. Um, do you want to just share your contacts and, and, and everything with people so that they can uh, they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. I'm on Twitter at NoBlinkyBlinky. Uh, my blog is blog.noblinkyblinky.com. And the podcast is The Art of Network Engineering. You can find us on Twitter at Art of NetEng and on our website, Art of Network, artofnetworkengineering.com and wherever you get your favorite podcasts like this one. I was I was just going to say you're probably one of the easiest persons to find people to find on uh, in the space anyway because you know you're 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 everywhere. But uh, no, listen, I really appreciate you spending the time with me today. Um, thank you very much for for joining the call and thank thanks to everyone else who's listening. Um, tune in next month for another Community Fabric episode. Thank you.